Gospel of Repentance Ministries is back on today. Thank you for tuning in. Remember the theme, Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. God bless you for uh, tuning in again uh, today on this uh, Thursday, May the 17th, 2018. And as a reminder, I have a new email address. It is questions at willyourepent.com. And the toll-free number is 1-855-845-6799. That's 1-855-8-GLORY in the number 9. Hey, what I want to talk about in this episode, uh, brothers and sisters, is intention versus declaration. Intention versus declaration when it comes to uh, God Almighty. And I want to explain, of course, what I mean. I learned this recently that there are instances, I don't think there's many in the Bible, but there are instances where God had an intention to do something, but because of a change in the behavior of either an individual or a nation, God made the decision not to do what he had intended to do. And of course, from a human perspective, we would say, well, God changed his mind. And of course, we know that God does not change his mind. What happened is because God intended to do something because of the disobedience of someone or a nation, and I'll get to that in a moment, it gave God the opportunity to relent from doing the harm or the disaster or the judgment that he was going to bring upon that particular people. And in a couple of instances in the Bible, we read of that. One is in Jonah chapter 3 when Jonah is commanded by God to preach judgment to the Ninevites. And of course, the other that I want to look at is in the book of Exodus chapter 32. And I want to look at another one regarding an individual actually in Isaiah chapter 38. So without further ado, let's go ahead and look at these these situations. And once again, this is regarding God's intention versus God's declaration. And there is a difference that I recently learned and I wanted to share it in this episode. So what I want to do is start with Exodus chapter 32. Exodus, the book of Exodus chapter 32. All right, here we go. It is... I'm going to start with verse 1, okay? It says, And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mountain, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Make us gods which go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. 
and all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron verse 4 and he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool after he had made it a molten calf and they said these be thy gods of Israel which brought thee out of the land of Egypt and when Aaron saw it he built an altar before it and Aaron made proclamation and said tomorrow is a feast to the Lord verse 6 and they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings and the people sat down to eat to drink and rose up to play in essence what was what was going on here is they had a drunken pagan orgy verse 7 and the Lord said unto Moses go get thee down for thy people which thou brought us out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves and they have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them they have made them a molten calf and have worshipped it and have sacrificed thereunto and said these be thy gods O Israel which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt and the Lord said unto Moses I have seen this people and behold it is a stiff necked people now therefore let me alone that my wrath may wax hot against them and I will make of thee a great nation and so now we get to verse 11 and, and Moses is going to intercede for the children of Israel and Moses besought the Lord his God and said Lord why does you wax hot against this people which you have brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand verse 12 wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say for mischief did he bring them out to slay them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth turn from thy fierce wrath and repent of this evil against thy people now just as kind of put a um, parenthesis here the King James says that turn from thy fierce wrath and repent of this evil against thy people now we know that God is incapable of doing evil so the word evil here is probably not the best translation to use I mean some other versions will use um, harm or calamity which actually sounds better to our ears because when we hear the word evil especially when it's connected to God then there that's that's an incongruency and so I just wanted to kind of put a footnote there that the word evil is not at least in in today's language in in today's vernacular we would not use that word especially in connection with God Almighty who of course is pure and holy and is incapable of any evil all right so verse 13 remember Abraham Isaac and Israel thy servants to whom thou swearest by thine own self and saidest unto them I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven and all this land that I've spoken of I will give unto your seed and you shall inherit it forever verse 14 and the Lord repented of the evil once again it says evil or you could use the word harm which he thought to do unto this people all right so I'm gonna stop right there and so what's going on here okay just by a quick review uh, the people uh, believe that Moses is gone because he's gone up into the mountains to spend time with the Lord and to worship and to receive instructions on how to lead the people actually at this time Moses is receiving the Ten Commandments from God and what happened is he's gone for a while and then the people turn to Moses's brother Aaron who is the high priest and says uh, we need to just leave him behind and give us let us worship the gods of Egypt in other words one of the main gods of Egypt was a, was a calf 
And so Aaron said, okay, give me your earrings, give me your jewelry, I'll fashion this uh, calf and we'll have a great feast. So what happens is uh, they're having a pagan, uh, ungodly orgy worshiping this golden calf and doing things that they're not to be not they should not be doing so as a result of this obviously god almighty sees their um their corrupt activity their their um indecency their sinful uh behavior and he tells moses um, i'm gonna i'm gonna wipe them out i'm gonna kill them and that was god's intent all right that's what god decided or felt that he was going to do but because moses interceded for the children of Israel and he put into remembrance the covenant that God had made with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and he pled, pled their case he says in other words if you destroy them then the Egyptians are going to say that the God of Israel through mischief brought them out of the land of Egypt so that, so that he could kill them and so when Moses reminded God of why he brought the people out of the land of Egypt to bring them to the land of uh, milk and honey which was the land of Israel then the Bible says in verse 14 of Exodus 32 that God relented of the evil that he was going to do to them in other words this was not a declaration God did not say I declare that I'm going to destroy the people whom I've taken out of the land of Egypt and there's nothing that can be done about it so therein lies a difference it was in, it was what God at the time had intended to do but because of the intercession of his servant Moses God chose not to destroy them okay so let's go to another one let's go to Jonah the book of Jonah we're going to go to chapter 3 of Jonah and he, of course, was a um, a hard-headed prophet, a disobedient prophet. Didn't want to do what God told him to do initially until he was over th over um, thrown overboard and thrown into the sea to drown. And then he was providentially swallowed up by a great fish or a whale or or whatever the animal was. And he was given a second chance to obey the will of God. And he went on ahead and did it. So let's go to jo Jonah chapter three. And it says this, And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Rise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown verse 5 so the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them for word came unto the king of Nineveh and he rose from his throne listen to this this is incredible it says he rose from his throne and he laid his robe from him and covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes and he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yet let them turn every one from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Verse 9. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce 
anger that we perish not. In verse 10 it says, And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did not. Alright, so once again it's another case where the prophet, in this case Jonah, declared to them, he says, way back in the beginning of the chapter, uh, let's see, where was it? Where in the beginning of the chapter? And he said, in verse 4, And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. All right, so when the king of Nineveh heard the news, he was grief-stricken. He was afraid. And so he said he took off his garments, he took off his royal clothes, and he sat in sackcloth and ashes. And that was an expression of extreme distress and grief when people did that back in uh, those um, old Bible days. They would take off their, uh, their normal clothes or they would even tear their clothes. That was a, a sign of grief and stress. And they would literally put on sackcloth and, and, and sit in ashes. So the entire city did that. And it says, not, not only, it says from the greatest of them to the least of them. And God saw their humility. He saw their their stress, he saw their, their their pain and their fear, and and as it says, and God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil, or he relented from the harm that he was going to impose upon that city, and he did not do it. So once again, because of the humility of the Ninevites, God, what he had intended to do, he did not do it. And he spared that city because of their willingness to repent of their evil. So God was able to relent of the harm that he was going to impose against them. Let's look at one more. Okay, we're going to go to the book of Isaiah, the prophet. And we're going to look, we're going to go to chapter 38 chapter 38 and it says this starting with verse 1 it says in those days was Hezekiah sick unto death and Isaiah the prophet the son of Amos came unto him and said unto him thus saith the Lord set your house in order for you shall die and not live Then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and prayed unto the Lord and said remember now O Lord I beseech you how I have walked before thee in truth with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in your sight and Hezekiah wept sore. Then came the word of the Lord to Isaiah, saying, Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David, your father, I've prayed, I've heard their prayer, excuse me, and I have seen your tears. Behold, I will add unto thy days fifteen years, and I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city. Okay, so I'll stop right there. So, another case where God had told Hezekiah that he was going to die. That was the intent that he was going to uh, die because he was sick. And the word of the Lord came to Hezekiah through the prophet Isaiah telling him, says, get your house in order because you're going you're to die and you're not going to live. In other words, you're not going to recover from this. But because Hezekiah prayed for himself or prayed to the Lord regarding himself, and asked the Lord to spare him because he was he was living uprightly and righteous and holy in the sight of the Lord. God 
obviously was moved with compassion, heard his prayer and seen his tears and gave him 15 more years of life. I mean, if you read the whole account or you read the entire chapter, rather, um, Hezekiah was relatively young. He was still probably in the prime of his life, probably a middle-aged man and didn't want this sickness to end his life. So he prayed that God would heal him and God did indeed do just that. Now, these were all instances where th this was God's intention, but because there was um, intercession made and prayer made regarding the intention of God, God was able to decide not to do what he had intended to do. Now that is different from a declaration that God made. When God makes a declaration or when he makes a decree, that is a non-negotiable. Whatever God decrees is going to happen will happen and there's nothing that man can do to stop it or to thwart it. Let me give you just one that I can think of right right now. Let's go to Genesis chapter 12 and this is when God is talking to Abram and that was his name at the time of course his name was later changed to Abraham and this is what the Lord says in his name. The Lord said unto Abram get out of your country and from your kindred and from your father's house until land I will show you and I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing verse 4 and I will bless them that bless you and I will curse them that curse you and in you all families of the earth will be blessed now that's a declaration and a promise and that is the that is the beginning of the Abrahamic covenant that God made with Abraham and that was something that was going to happen regardless God was going to see to it that Abraham would be a blessing and through his seed he has indeed been a blessing you know to the whole earth so I mean Abraham obviously didn't didn't see the the fulfillment of all of this but he, he saw the beginning of it but he didn't see all of it because he didn't I mean it was not it was not intended for him to live to see the entire uh, fulfillment of uh, the promise that God made to him but once again I'm saying that this was a declaration by the Lord this was a decree by God which is of course unchangeable or immutable whereas in the instance with the other three accounts that I read to you in Exodus 32 uh, Jonah chapter 3 and Isaiah chapter 38 those were things that God had intended to do but he gave in an essence like a, a loophole that if intercession was made or prayer was made it gave God the opportunity to withhold the intent that he was going to uh, execute and and do and do the latter because of the attitude of the person so in the case once again with Nineveh they changed their position so it allowed God to change his attitude toward what he was intending to do to them and in the case with the children of Israel that God was going to wipe them out he's going to kill them and start all over with Moses and make a nation through Moses Moses interceded on behalf of the children of Israel because of the promises that God had made to their ancestor 
And, and of course, that would be Abraham, which I just read to you in Genesis chapter 12. The children of Israel were direct descendants of Abraham. There was Abraham, his son Isaac, and then there was Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel in Genesis chapter 32. So it's important that we understand that there are intentions that God makes which can be altered or changed based on the the attitude of those whom he's talking to or he's directing his intentions toward and whereas a declaration that can't be changed that's immutable so like when God said that he was going to um, choose some before the foundation of the world to be recipients of his saving grace that was an immutable promise that God had made before the world began God was not going to change that that declaration and that's in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 when he's talking about the elect that's that, that's an immutable promise that's that's not and it's not only an intent by God it was something that God was going to accomplish whereas the intent that was not a declaration or what rather an immutable declaration is something that can be changed if in fact the people that God is talking to are willing to change their attitude toward him like like I just mentioned with those three accounts so hopefully this makes sense the intent of God versus the divine declaration of God there is a difference and I tried my best hopefully to try to differentiate between the two so this will end this uh, episode of gospel repentance ministries God bless you for listening until the next time